it seems to me that there are, like there's lots of kinds, but there are two, two main kinds of people at Christmas time. You can categorize yourself how you will. The first person who is the one who walks around with delight and wonder at every twinkling light, every cup of hot cocoa, just makes their heart sing in every way. Then there's the other person who's trying to get to that feeling that you're supposed to have at Christmas time. You could put yourself in a, I guess there's a third category perhaps, and there's just the Scrooge of like, but, but we're just going to assume there's nobody in that category in this place today. But there is this sense at this time of year. Uh, we actually talked about it in the car on the way here this morning. One of my kids was like, it doesn't feel super Christmassy as it's pouring rain and like gloomy and all of the things. It doesn't feel like Christmas. Is it going to feel like Christmas? And I was like, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, go, I said, go into our living room after dark when you can't see what the weather is outside. In front of the Christmas tree with a cup of hot cocoa, watch a Christmas movie. That maybe Christmas spirit will come to you. Like, I don't know what to say. We're all kind of searching in this time of year. If you don't have Christmas spirit, then you feel like you're supposed to be chasing it. That's kind of how it goes right about now. And it seems like whether we have all the Christmas feelings already or we're searching for that Christmas spirit, um, I, I don't know. But I won't, I, I won't uh, necessarily ask you for, with a, for a show of hands where you find yourself today. But I will admit that I, I am fully aware that some of you are sitting here. This is the first time you have sat still in weeks. And you are thinking about all of the things that you still need to do. Because you just realized right now, Christmas Eve is a week from today. And you already have your phone out. Like, you're trying to be subtle about it, but you're just like, yeah, got to pick up the, don't forget to, and don't whatever. You're making notes, whatever. If you have to do that, be free, okay? Be free, be free. If this is the first time you sat down in a while, it's fine. The first time... Um, I attempted to write this message. I don't think I've ever shared something like this before. <laughs> I say attempted to write this message because I do time blocking with my calendar. So there's a time block for me, the different parts of the message writing process. And so when I went to write the draft of this message, um, I sat down at my computer in the appropriate time, in my study time, and then I bailed. <laughs> like I bailed hard. I was like, I'm not, I, can't, I can't write this today. I took that calendar block and I moved it to the next day. Which is very unusual. I don't, I don't do that very much, especially with, when it comes to message writing because there's a schedule that has to be kept. But there were just too many things. I looked at my blank computer screen and I thought, I can't. There's so many things going on in my mind. There's so many pressing to-dos on my list. I knew I wasn't in a great creative space to write a message today about, uh, especially today, about today's Advent theme, which I've already told you is joy. <laughs> wasn't super duper where I was at that place in the week. And so I was like, what am I going to, what am I going to do? I mean, I wasn't full of sadness. Don't, don't worry about me or anything. I just was sort of more uh, full of a longing to be back in my bed. Has anybody else felt, I just was like feeling like, I don't know if I can conjure up enough things to say about joy at this particular moment. But I had already done all my studying work before my draft, as I do, and I knew what I had read in the scriptures about joy, what I was going to be saying in this message kind of in general. And, and so I decided instead of writing the message that day, I was going to experiment the, me the message. I was going to do some research on behalf of all of you to see if what scripture said is actually true, which, spoiler alert, it is, um, in case you're wondering where we're going to land this morning. So I did something, uh, I did this. I, I, I worked through those urgent tasks because that's what I needed to do. And uh, I remembered uh, those study notes. And while I was doing these things, even though I didn't really feel like it, 
I really worked hard to smile a little bit, um, to not be a curmudgeon to the rest of the staff as, as we were wa- working, working away at our own tasks that day. I uh, had a, on my calendar that day, I had lunch with a friend planned at an adorable little cafe downtown Kitchener, Cafe 22. Have you ever been there? It's so cute, so cute. Uh, and I almost bailed on it. I was just like, I just can't. I have too much to do. But I decided to keep that appointment. And I had a beautiful lunch, catching up with a friend, sharing life with her. Uh, I, I worked through a couple of things that I had been procrastinating. I was like, I just can't get to it. I can't get to it. I decided, no, it doesn't matter how I feel. I'm going to do it. And so as I worked through the day, I was literally working through my study notes in real life. I had never quite done it like that before. I, I, I did things I didn't really feel like doing, and I did them uh, with the best, to the best of my ability just to remember this is a beautiful season, that I get to do this, that I have such a privilege to have these relationships and to do this work and all of that kind of stuff. All of this for you, all of this for you in the name of research for this message. And it turns out that my study notes were right. And there's a total spoiler, of course, at the beginning of this message. I don't always do it like this. But joy, which is what we're talking about, is, was not at all related to how I woke up that morning or how I'm supposed to feel this beautiful, wondrous, magical Christmas season. It's a gift that I can choose to open or not every single day. Each and every day. And it's, it is actually true. And I, I wonder, does it sound too good to be true to you? And I want to look at the idea of joy through the lens of Christmas, of course, today. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. It'll be on the screen for you. Also, if you're in the Version Bible app, you can go to more and then events. And it's already loaded there for you as well. Um, the Christmas story includes a big announcement about joy. And it includes this announcement to a very unlikely group of shepherds. You're probably familiar with the story. So let's read Luke 2, 8 to 14 and hear this great news. It says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. This news that Jesus was born was so good that the angel said it would cause great joy for all people. Great joy for all people. And that is quite a promise. I mean, have you looked around the world lately? The world is not always the most joyful place, is it? So many things can happen. There are are disasters on every side. Some of you I already know, some of you I know your story, some of you I don't, have gone through a really, really hard year. And, and yet, this joy that, is, that, has, that has come is great joy for all people. The thing that we might not recognize is that the world has been given a reason for joy, even if it didn't recognize it yet. Now, you might already know this, so forgive me for repeating myself. I say this kind of thing a lot, but it, it does bear repeating. In the same way that Pastor Aaron 
uh, in the first Sunday of Advent, described the hope we have in Christ as different than what most people hope for. And last week I described the love that we long for in our lives to be different than the love that the culture is selling to us. In that same way, the joy that filled the world with the arrival of Jesus is not the happiness that advertising is promising you. This is going to be something very, very different than perhaps what the culture has sold you on what that looks like in your life. In scripture, joy is related to that idea and that feeling of gladness and happiness, but it is more a state of being than an emotion that you feel. It's uh, distinctively referred to as a result of choice and not emotion. And we read this in several places in the Bible that we choose to be joyful, that we become joyful. It's not just that we feel joy, though we can also feel joy, but that's not the primary thing here. Romans 12:5, Paul says to the church in Rome, rejoice with those who rejoice. There's a command to rejoice, a command to be joyful. In Philippians 4, the apostle Paul says to the church in Philippi, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Makes me, makes me want to sing a song. Should I do songs today? Mm, there's so many songs. Okay, no. Um, it's repeated here. Like he says it for emphasis. He says rejoice. And again I say rejoice. He doesn't even pretend that he's not repeating himself. He says I'm repeating myself because you need to understand this command. Uh, choose to acknowledge. Choose to be grateful for what God has done for you. This is the idea here. And that's not all because in Philippians 4, um, the rest of that passage, right after this command to rejoice, uh, in the Lord always, and, and I, again I say rejoice, he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This reminds me so much of the angels, what the angels said to the shepherds. Maybe, maybe we don't always put these things together. But the angels make this announcement about this great joy, and then they say, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. This, this joy that we're talking about is also very closely linked with peace. We're going to come back to that later, but just take note of that there. And of course, uh, James, as he's writing to the churches, in James chapter 1, 2 to 4, he says this, Consider it pure joy when great things happen in your life. And everything is going right. Wait, I think I, that might be heretical. Consider it pure joy, he says, of course, if you maybe know this scripture. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you might be mature and complete, not lacking anything. James goes so far here as to tell us to find joy in difficulties, especially in difficulties, because of the good they produce in our lives as we trust God with them. That's bold. Like, that's a bold statement about joy, so different than what we are taught by the culture around us. So what is the source of all of this joy? I mean, especially when you think about what James is saying here. How on earth am I supposed to wake up every morning and muster up this feeling? How am I supposed to just like do this thing that we're supposed to do 
that seems like it might be a good idea, how are we supposed to do that? Is white knuckle our way into joy? <laughs> well, there's a clue, of course, in what the angels said to the shepherds. They said in verse 11, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Messiah means anointed one. In other words, and, and this would, have, of course, especially to the Jewish people, would have, they would have understood this immediately. Uh, in other words, if he is the Messiah, it means he is the rightful king. This Jesus who's been born is the rightful king. Because when they uh, made somebody king, so you can read all about that, you can see this a lot in the Old Testament, they pour oil on that person's head to signify that he was becoming the new king. So this idea of pouring oil, which that's what we call anointing. And so there's this, there's this oil that's like saying to everybody, okay, we are now signifying that this person is now your new king. And so if the Messiah is born, then the anointed one is born. It means that the rightful king has now been born. Of course, in these crazy, unusual circumstances, but nevertheless. It says he's the savior. And Joseph was instructed, um, we, we read this in the beginning of the book of Matthew, he's instructed to name him Jesus, which means the Lord is salvation. And th there's an explanation given by, by the angel talking to Joseph, because he will save the people from their sins. And so the Messiah, the Lord, the Savior, the anointed one, the rightful king, the Savior has been born, is, is the message here. Very we can read all of that into what the angels are saying here. And so really what's happening is this message. You will have so much joy because the rightful king who will save you from your sins has come. And his name is Jesus. This is what the angels were proclaiming that day. You will have so much joy because the rightful king who will save you from your sins has been born, has come, and his name is Jesus. This lines up so beautifully with what the Old Testament teaches us about joy as well. In the Old Testament, joy is very closely related to victory over your enemies. For example, in, in 1 Samuel 18, when David returns from defeating Goliath, he was met with, it says, joy and dancing. Joy was also a super important part of the religious feasts of the Jewish people. Uh, and, and even joy was, uh, was found as they gave sacrifices and gave sacrificially and worshipped in that way. In Psalm 27, David says, Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. And of course, if you've read uh, some of the Psalms, you know that the, that word joy or rejoice comes up over and over and over again in the Psalms. So if joy has to do with victory over enemies, you might say to yourself, but who are my enemies? Maybe some of you are like, I know who my enemies are. <laughs> okay. But most of us, most of us don't walk around with that kind of beef against people. I hope you don't. Like that's not typical in our culture. You might have someone that you don't like or you find annoying or that coworker who's always in your business. Maybe you're still mad at the person who took your parking spot at the mall yesterday. Like I don't know. But like these aren't, you wouldn't really consider these your enemies, would you? You need to have victory over these people. That's not really the way that we think about enemies anymore, is it? 
Besides, Jesus, of course, tells us in Matthew 5, we're supposed to not gain victory over our enemies. We're supposed to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. So what on earth does this mean? Why am I relating victory over enemies to joy the way that the Old Testament does? Because the truth of the matter is, the person sitting beside you is not your enemy. I hope not. <laughs> I hope they're not feeling that from you anyway. The person, uh, the person that is hostile to you at work is not your enemy. That crazy uncle who's going to start a fight at Christmas dinner about politics is not your enemy. Like, these people are not your enemy, but you do actually have an enemy. Jesus calls Satan the enemy, period, in Matthew 10, 19. And all through scripture, we see that there's this war going on between two kingdoms that's being fought. And so when Jesus came, this is, of course, which you'll never forget. I hope every, you see the manger coming. This is Jesus coming, right? <laughs> is Margaret, Margaret's not in here anymore, right? I'm so excited. She's going to be so excited that you guys burst into applause at that because she worked so hard. <laughs> they were up on the tallest ladder making that work, so that was, that, that was great. When Jesus, Jesus came, he did something that, that no one else could do. He lived and died and was raised to life. And he won the ultimate victory over our actual enemy, the enemy of our souls. He won the victory over sin, over death, and over the grave. Colossians 1, 13 and 14 says, For God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And so if joy is related to victory over enemies in Scripture, if it's related to making sacrifices, if it's related to receiving the benefits of giving those sacrifices, it makes sense that the coming of the Savior, Jesus, would cause great joy that would be for all the people. Because Jesus won the ultimate victory over sin, over Satan, giving himself as a sacrifice, inviting us to give our lives to him as well, uh, like giving our lives in surrender and sacrifice to him, and then from that sacrifice receiving from him all of the life that he has paid the price for, all of the freedom that he has bought for us with his coming. Second chapter of Colossians, Paul writes, When you were dead in your sins, God made you alive in Christ. He forgave us our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So the point is this, when you know Jesus, because of all of this that has been done for you, when you know Jesus, when you are in a relationship with him, you literally always have a reason to be joyful. And you can never lose your joy because you can never lose him and he has won it all for you. And all of this good news was ushered in by the birth of Jesus. It was announced spectacularly to those you might least expect to hear that news, those shepherds. Kind of lowly in the culture, of course. And they were the first ones 
to hear about this news. And it just reminds us, even in this, this beginning birth narrative, this is why it's so great, such great news. It is literally for everyone, every single one of us, no matter where we're from or what's happened in our past or what we're thinking about right now or what we're walking through right now. Every single one of us, this gift has been given. There's a reason for joy because of what Jesus has come and done for us. Every single day we can live with that kind of joy. But there's one more connection in, that scripture makes with the idea of joy, and that's peace. I've already mentioned this one. We read it in the angel's announcement, peace on earth. We read it in Paul's double encouragement to the church in Philippi, rejoice, and I say it again, rejoice. Where, where joy is received and chosen and felt, there is peace. It's real peace. It's contentedness in your soul. It's a non-anxious presence in a chaotic world. It's a heart that's anchored in something, something real and something eternal and something that cannot be shaken. Friends, we need so much more of this in the world around us. And you know as well as I do that life can be really, really hard. Sometimes we find ourselves waiting for something more. We, we live our lives waiting for today to be over, for the thing that we're walking through to be done. Maybe, maybe next week, maybe, maybe, maybe in 2020, that's what we love about New Year's, don't we? This year, this, this is going to be my year, or this season, or this stage to be over, something to finish, something to be behind us so we can finally be happy, or we can find happiness again that we lost somewhere along the way. We may be thinking that happiness will begin on Christmas Eve once all the presents are bought and wrapped, and once all the groceries are bought, and all the food is prepped, and all the holiday parties are over, and we can just rest. <laughs> is that just me? <laughs> I'm okay. We're almost there. That's okay. I got, I got all my stuff already. Uh, but you may not even realize that you are waiting for joy to appear in your life. But I want to tell you, you do not have to wait another minute for joy to come to you. You can have joy right now. When your heart, uh, what your heart is truly longing for is real joy and pe the peace that comes with that joy. I, I have good news if that's where your heart is today. The joy you have been longing for is already here, and it's all found in Jesus. Friends, I know that circumstances can be so much less than ideal in life. And uh, I, I know that so many of you have struggled and wondered if this is all that there is. And if you're just going to have to make your own happiness, you're just going to have to muster up the courage to continue to go on and to try to, even for this season, this immediate season, you're just going to have to make it great for the kids. Or, or you're just going to have to make it through into the new year where maybe things will change. And I just want to tell you again that what you're longing for and waiting for, you don't have to wait another season. You don't have to wait for another year. You don't have to wait another moment. But it's found in Jesus, in him transforming your life and you receiving the gift of salvation for you. And you saying, you came for me, you died for me, you were raised to life, you won this victory over the ultimate enemy. And I can receive that and have joy knowing that truth every single day. If that's something that you've never done before, can I invite you to go to freedomkw.com life. 
And there it explains what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. It gives you a chance to connect with one of our pastors. We would just love to walk that through with you. Of course, if you came with someone today who you know is a Christian, and you can always just have this conversation with them and say, I want you to tell me more about this Jesus thing. I don't totally get it or I have questions or whatever. Like, go ahead and do that too. That's even better. But please reach out off campus especially. Um, reach out to us. We would love to walk you through this so that you could know this kind of joy for yourself today. But maybe you already have a relationship with Jesus. I want to encourage you today, a little reminder, a gentle reminder from me to you, not to wait another day looking for what you already have. Joy and peace are a fruit of the Spirit. This Holy Spirit lives in you if you have a relationship with Christ, which means joy and peace reside in you already, along with the other fruit of the Spirit. That's a sermon for another day. Another song we could sing another day, which we will skip over right now. I'm doing really good, you guys. I'm doing super good, not singing all the songs in my mind today. Joy and peace are a fruit of the Spirit. They already live in you, and they are being grown day by day. If you cooperate with the work of the Spirit in your life, as he transforms you, as you get to know Jesus, as, as you let him work and, and move in your life, these things you, you don't have to look for, you don't have to wait for, you already have. Church, do you know that this morning? Regardless of your circumstances, the, you have life and forgiveness and freedom in Christ, and that cannot be taken away from you. So rejoice, and I will say it again, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Let your gentleness be evident to all. We have every reason to live this way when we know Jesus. So many people long to know joy and peace, and it's already yours in Christ. So choose it today, choose it tomorrow, and show it to everyone in your life because they're all longing for it too. In a moment, uh, we have a video, and Juliet is going to share her testimony of joy, she, why she worships, and then we are going to have a chance together to respond in worship. Uh, you'll hear it on the video, but I, I just want you to know, like, sometimes uh, we, I, this, this video came out of uh, being in our small group. Juliet was in my small group this past uh, fall, and um, somebody said something about joy. I don't, I'm not sure the context, and and somebody said, why, why is it that you always seem to have joy, Juliet? Um, and her answer was not, because my life is always perfect, obviously. <laughs> right? Is it, it is. Is it not? It's not. Right? Probably not. Yeah. Uh, she said, I just, I can't stop thinking about all that God has done for me. So I, I can, there's nothing I can do but just dance. <laughs> like, I just have to, I just, like, no, not everything's perfect. No, not every circumstance is ideal. But that doesn't change anything about how far God has brought me. So I wanted you guys to hear a little bit of that story. We're going to have um, our Advent monologue. I want you to hear that story. Then we're going to invite you in a few moments to respond in worship. But as all of that happens, I want you to consider joy. Let's take a moment this third Sunday of Advent to realign ourselves with good news that has caused great joy to be available to all people. So God, we receive this joy again. We are reminded that joy um, is found in you and that because it's found in you, we already have everything we need. That, that as we know you, Jesus, that you 
grow and, and create and, and, and uh, as we participate and cooperate with the work that you are doing in our lives, that, that we can be people who know joy and the peace that comes with it. I pray that this church would be known as those who walk into the world around them with a non-anxious presence, with peace that goes so far beyond any circumstance that we may be walking through. I pray that you would uh, invite those, Holy Spirit, who don't know you or don't know that peace, don't know that joy, you would open their eyes and open their hearts to know that this gift can be received today. And I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would, you would come and make yourself known in the way that we need to hear you now. And most of all this morning, especially, God, for those who already know you, I pray that you would open our hearts to joy, that everything that has been dampening our spirits, everything that has been stressful, everything that has been um, a burden to us in this last year or even in this last season or in this last week or even just today, that we would understand those things are true, that's part of life. But that we can have joy every day regardless of of, of the circumstances of our lives. Help us, Lord, to see that clearly. And to rejoice in you always and always, always rejoice. We thank you for this great gift and we pray it together in Jesus' name. Amen.